0: Welcome to Sam's Smorgasbord, and today we're talking sports. I have Chris, who's been on a sports episode before, but we have a new guest today. <laughs> guest, who are you?
1: I am Chad Divimenesis from Expected Buffalo.
0: Now, Chad, I, I remember seeing you just randomly on, on Twitter. Um, you know, I, I believe it was during one of the free agency periods for the Sabres. And I was like, this Chad guy knows like what he's talking about. <laughs> and, you know, uh, Chris, I think we, we shared some tweets like, yeah, this Chad knows what he's talking about. Like, just, yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's so one of the
2: gotta, m- main people that I follow for Sabres Twitter news.
0: Yeah. I appreciate what, that. So <laughs> growing up, what, how did you get into hockey or were you not even into hockey when you were younger?
1: Uh, no, I was, um, so I started playing hockey when I was around four or five years old. Um, you know, I played all the way up through, uh, high school. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just always been a part of me, I guess you could say. Uh, there was a time there, I I think when the Sabres started to kind of go away. I don't want to say go away, but you know, it's hard to play poor hockey, um, you know, in the early 2000s, then the lockout, uh, where I kind of, I don't want to say stepped away, but maybe didn't care as much about the sport. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of people, that 05-06 season, uh, out of the lockout, you know, brought me back in. Um, and I've really been addicted to it since then. Uh, and then I, you know, started, I guess you could say actually writing about the sport, probably, I don't know, like t- 10 years ago at this point, I would say, roughly around then, and then really covering the team about, you know, seven years ago.
0: It's been a journey. So I I assume you got some sort of journalism degree or something like that 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 got you involved? Uh,
1: I actually do not. I have a business degree um, in my my regular job. Um, I'm a demand planner, uh, so forecasting is kind of what I do. Oh, okay. So this is, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it has been self-taught, um, you know, the on people who have been in the business that I've met, um, basically making relationships all the way through, whether it be people who are writers, journalists, um, scouts, you know, I did a scouting internship um, maybe like six, seven years ago when I first started doing this to see if scouting was something I wanted to do, um, so I met a lot of cool people through that, so yeah. Yeah. It's mainly, you know, for me is about making relationships and that's kind of got me to where I am now and learning what works, what didn't work and how to stand out in in, in a group. And that's how it kind of gets the number side of it.
0: Yeah. And that, that's kind of what I attribute you to is the analytic side of things. Um, see, I'm not, I'm not much of a numbers guy. I suck at math, but (laughs) you know, so when I see all these different numbers, um, you know, I've I've talked about it with Chris before. I'm like, what do all these numbers mean? It's like speaking a different language. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's hard. You know, it, and that's part of the thing of doing what we do um, on our
1: site is while it's you know numbers and data driven, I think you have to figure out a way to communicate it properly. So maybe it's not using the jargon of expected goals and coursey and um, all of that stuff. It's instead of using those words, you use. You know, shot share between the two teams. You can understand what that is. Uh, shot quality instead of expected goals, and you, you know what that means to the hockey person. Yeah. So it's, you know, there's, there's been some of that too where you use normal lingo.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, now, in my personal opinion, I' paying attention to the analytics, it seems like maybe in the last 10 years I've seen an emergence of... GMs really focusing on the analytic side of things when they're you know tracking guys in free agency or the draft or things of that nature. It would you would you say that's been been the consensus in the past ten years, or do you, do you see a different uh, view of that? Maybe even earlier than that.
1: No, I think that's a astute observation. You know, those if you look at the front offices from an analytics data standpoint. Um, even three four years ago to where it is now uh there's been a drastic change um i think gms have realized you know the benefits of using the numbers of using the data Uh, and it's not always going to be perfect it's not supposed to make you win all the time it's just it brings you more information uh not only for your pro team in terms of looking at players or how your team is doing uh, I think teams are realizing it from a scouting aspect how it's helping them so adding another you know set to the equation not just relying on scout's eyes you also have the numbers you can use to incorporate you know into that decision making process for your drafting purposes so yeah i, I think it, it's only kind of becoming more prevalent you know maybe and if this player tracking stuff uh, ever actually makes its way to the public view you know that'd be pretty cool to see too but you know, now we kind of just have, we have and it, it works, but I think, I think analytics has been established in hockey. Now it's trying to take us to that next level to what else can we get out of
0: it? Yeah. Comparatively to something like baseball or, mm-hmm. you know, football, where there's, you know, analytics have been in that area for quite, quite a lot longer. But I also have seen where, maybe the analytics kind of fail or people don't understand like the, the example that I'm thinking of, and I'm sure Chris will know where I'm going with this, um, a certain Philadelphia Flyers player. That's a, that was a former (laughs) Sabre.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not going to be a perfect thing, right? I mean, not if I teams only had players off of analytics and on numbers, you know, the, the, the league would look a lot different than it is. Uh, I think it's understanding within a process of picking a player, signing a player, trading for a player, understanding their shortcomings, and then putting that player in a position to maybe improve. Um, like the Sabres, you know, put bristol Lyon as a top pair defensive in all those years, and he wasn't. And maybe they had numbers or they felt their coaching staff could put him in a position to succeed in a lesser role. Um well, that didn't work out for the Flyers last year because he had to play a lot of minutes because of Brian Ellis getting injured, and that's going to be the case probably again this year. But
0: and then yeah. they said, "Hey, we're gonna we're going to give him a contract." <coughs> yeah, that was <laughs> that part is um, shocking, a little <laughs>
1: outrageous. I, I think that was more we gave up a first round pick and a second round pick for him. Like we can't let him walk out the door. Yeah. Uh, maybe they were better off trading him, which they should have done because I still think they could have got decent value on him because. The way teams pay for defensemen in this league is pretty wild, but yeah, yeah, yeah I think the contract part a little baffling
0: to me too. Yeah, I know, I know. When we saw that, we were like, "Is is someone in the Flyers front office high or something? Like, what's going on <laughs> over there?" Yeah, that was wild.
2: Yeah, I would, I would think, especially like thinking about how the um, you know Taylor Hall was traded for for Adam Larson, mm-hmm. you know, years ago in the the Subban trade, and just Teams will pay stupid amounts of assets and money to get defensemen, especially right shot defensemen. Yeah. So, Risto is bad at hockey, but you know a lot of teams that that right shot defenseman—they're just going to throw money at him.
1: If your big skate can hit and put up some points, but you can do all those things, uh, yeah. you know, you'll stay in this league for a long time. It's just how much you're going to hurt your team is the is the thing behind that.
0: Well, I think I think that physical side of the game isn't as prevalent as it used to be, but I think there's still some old heads. I'm sure Chris will agree with this opinion. There's still some old heads that are like, no, we need to play a more physical game. Just, you know, like going and beating on, you know, everyone, just because big, big, scary hockey player, bad, go attack (laughs) type of a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's that part of the game is still,
1: I think it's important in certain aspects. Um, if you really want to watch someone's head explode, who's a big hits person, just tell them that, uh, you know, when, you know what it means when a player hits so much is that it means they don't have the puck. And that's why their hits are so high because they always have the puck and they're chasing the game and you'll see their soul leave their body. I love doing a ball all the time. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's just still, I mean, you know, you need physical plays in terms of forechecking, you know, Carolina executes that type of physical play perfectly. Uh, they're a four-tracking team, but they're not going to drive you to the wall. But what they're going to do is they're going to 4 you hard. They're going to they're rub you out along the wall. They're going to fight for pucks. They're going to chase the neutral zone. They're basically going to make it miserable to play against because someone's going to be on you the entire night. So you know, it's not physical as you're being hit all the time, but it's that aggressive style, uh, which I think the saves are trying to emulate in a way using that speed and always being strong in the 4 um, and getting out in transition, I think they're trying to get to that point now. Um, but there's different types of physicals that work in this league, and I think more teams are realizing that now.
0: Yeah, I think I think when most, I, I guess I would say, casual people that watch hockey think about physicality. I think they think of guys like Brad Marchand who just is a dirty player and hits, mm-hmm. you know, hits that way. And yeah, uh, you know, For Tom the, Wilson, Tom Wilson too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember watching the Hurricanes game. I'm somewhere in the middle where I understand a little bit of analytics, um, but some of it is still a little bit confusing to me. Um, but I'm, I am I would say I'm above-average hockey fan. Um, and wh- I remember watching the, the Hurricanes game okay. against the Sabres last year and, and thinking they are all over us. They're super physical. Their mm-hmm. forecheck is insane. So, yeah, I, I, I've definitely seen what you're talking about there.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's why they've been the team they've been the last, you know, a few years. Um, you know, and why they're able to they continue to be that team because they have that same player. Brendan Moore instills that system into his players, and those players buy into it, and it works. So, and a lot of teams don't play dump and chase in this league anymore. Uh, Carolina does, though, and, and they and they do it excellently.
0: Sure. Uh, Chris, I know you. I know you had some uh, some things on your mind that you wanted to bring up
2: yeah i mean um you know i was just curious if there was especially with the roster cut downs uh, basically official opening night roster all set to go at this point um were there any sabers players that were you know maybe surprises that stayed or surprises that got sent down anything that you know didn't happen as you thought it would would or should
1: no not really uh the only one that I think you can make an argument, maybe had a legitimate shot at a roster spot, or at least earning it, it would have been uh, Lawrence Pilot. But you know, with his waiver status, you know it, he didn't need waivers to go down, so that made it almost impossible to Pete Alford It Would have had to been some kind sort of crazy, unbelievable performance where you can't send him down. Um, so again, that's not surprising. Uh, it seemed like they kind of they had their team going into camp anyways, so that's what they were going to go with and. Sure. Um, and maybe the only surprising thing it looks like is Hinnestrosa is not gonna be an open night lineup. Uh that's a little bit surprising to me seeing they re-signed and brought him back. Uh but yeah, I mean, based out a straight numbers count, uh, that that's the way it works out with, with Paterka and Quinn both making a team. And
0: the the thing that, that I've talked about, um, and I you know, you know, Chris and I and our friends have talked about seeing Kyle Lakposa with the C is definitely mm-hmm. warranted. Right,
1: yeah. I mean, yep. he was the captain of that team last year, um, so it's not a surprise by any means. And uh, I mean, the team looks up to him. I think he's a really good leader for that team. Um, he knows where this where this team wants to go. Kind of, he understands the coaches and the general manager view of this team. So, yeah, I, I think he's a great captain for this team. And uh, I think it's not not really surprising at all.
0: No, definitely not. And in- you know, just just some of the the media things last year where he would talk. It's like, yeah, you can see it. It's not right. like yeah. one of those things where you have to look hard. You're just like, yeah, that's that's the guy, right? Yeah, yeah. giving he's anybody a,
1: else the letter besides him would have been a sham, in my opinion. So makes sense. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think he's got a good good mature voice. Um, you know, he you know strong strong veteran right there. He's a good presence. Um, very important to have there. Um, getting back to the Hennestroza real quick, I, I think every game that I saw last year, Hennestroza kind of stood out to me. I remember one of the games, I was sitting underneath where a lot of like the uh, scouts and stuff will play, and I started yelling up, "Hey, Kevin Adams, resign sign So, <laughs> I, th- I think he—it's uh, pretty obvious he hurt me. So, uh, <laughs> well, <you> never know. <laughs> um, I was seeing that. People I, I think I saw some people surprised that Bryson had made the team, thinking that, you know, he had gotten outplayed by a couple people, but wasn't sure how that um if you were seeing something like that this year. Um you know, I would yeah. have loved to see Pilot make it, but
1: yeah, I wouldn't say it's not surprising in the team. I mean, they gave him a new contract, he was gonna be on the team. Um sure. I, I think maybe the whole entire point was which is true. Um he didn't really have a good preseason. Um, so that leaves some concern heading into the regular season. I mean, the same could be said for Henry Yokihiro too. Uh, sure. So you kind of want those two to get their game going. I mean, Bryson's born with third pair of guys, so is that the end of the world? But uh, Yokihiro, I think, is a second pair of guy with uh, power. Um, you know, you really need to get him going there.
2: Yeah, Yokihiro is something that does concern me. Um, uh, I thought in the times that I did watch him last year, I thought he was weak, uh, on the puck and, um, you know, it, it is concerning. Um, I was also curious if you, you know, had ideas of what the, the pairings were looking like. I know you've seen a couple different ones, um, you know, in the preseason, but if there was any ones that really stood out to you as you thought would be uh, really, really good pairings there.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's Darlene and Bryson and um, Darlene and Samuelson are going to stay together. Uh, so, you know, they finished last year strong, that's your top pair. I'm expecting kind of similar results out of them. Uh, Power and Yoki you again, same thing. Ended last year together. Uh, the performance actually, Yoki Haru played his best hockey at the end of the season with Power. So, you know, I guess you hope that continues. And then we'll see what Ilya Bushkin looks like. Um, he's the one who he's the new guy who's gonna step in here uh, with Bryson to start the season. Um, you know, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, they kind of had a rough outing against Pittsburgh, but I think that was more of a matchup situation. So um, put back into a realistic third pair role, um, you know, I guess we'll find out what they're going to give you.
0: Now, one of the other questions I had for you, obviously, you're not hockey all the time. Um, what are What are some other things you you enjoy like outside of you know hockey being your your second interest there?
1: uh well i mean
0: of course you know i got
1: two kids so that <laughs> they take up a lot of time uh, when i'm not doing hockey stuff or anything like that so uh that's definitely it but really I'm, I'm just kind of a you know big sports guy overall um i got the i'm a big yankees fan so i got the yankees game on here uh as as we're talking uh and then obviously the bills fan too right so um you know i i, I kind of sit in sports um, I, I know I've gotten into European soccer even recently too. So,
0: see, I've tried on on new, numerous occasions to get into into soccer, and it's just I don't I don't know it, I don't know it, how did you even get into it? So, the well, I,
1: I guess it started with the team in Italy called Juventus, which was my original team, right? So. Um, I've always followed them for a long time. Um, and in a sense that I kind of checked their scores and they were always my team when they played big matches, I would watch, but not on like on a week to week, weekly basis when they played. I think what really got me into it was COVID, uh, because there was no sports for a while and the first sports leagues to come back was actually Bundesliga in Germany. So that's what I I, I crowdsourced on Twitter for a, a Bundesliga team uh so then i'm not dortmund um picked them followed them a while and then the other european league started to come back so I'm back so that kind of attached me to soccer um got me into it uh went with juventus back to them and then uh, i decided to pick up a premier league team and same thing i had a friend who recommended tottenham to me so that those are my major, those are my two teams now i kind of dropped dortmund um, but I have Tottenham in the premier league that I follow and Juventus in Syria. And, uh, yeah. And at the point now, right. I watch every single week, twice a week, actually now both of them being in champions league. Um, Juventus kind of embarrassed themselves in champions league today, but you know, that's kind of the position they're in. So at least Tottenham's performing pretty well. So I have that. So yeah, it's fun. You got to get into it. Like it's, you know, I know there's not a lot of goals, but it, it's exciting when it happens. Um, you know, so my suggestion would be to pick a team, follow that team, try to get into it, watch a few matches, understand kind of what you know, the whole thing of it is and, and really enjoy it. I mean, I, I like the way the crowd is. I mean, it's singing and chanting during the whole entire game. That's pretty cool. Something you don't get in North America. Um, no. So also, those atmospheres are always cool too. You know, especially when you kind of go in Champions League, when you play different European teams and you know, you see like, you know, like today for West Juventus, was in Haifa, you know, you don't, you know, those, that atmosphere, the excitement of, of a a team in Haifa playing one of the major European powers,
0: you know, it's pretty cool to kind of see all that play out. I've, I've seen a a lot of, uh, a lot of people say passionate, like football fans are, especially Mm -hmm. like Bill's fans Mm -hmm. and, you know, in soccer, they're really, really passionate. Yeah. So, I mean... Seeing seeing that kind of comparison make has made me want to be like, eh, maybe I should you know fi- find a team like you were saying, just find a team and kind of just go with it. I mean, even if you want,
1: you know, like there's you know in Buffalo, there's Bur's Bars There's the one. Um, oh, I can't think of what it is, but it's below Sky Bar downtown. That's the new kind of soccer bar in the area. Okay. Even if you kind of just go there for you know a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday morning or a Sunday. I guess it'd be Saturday because Sunday's football. But Saturday, like a Saturday morning, you kind of just sit through Premier League matches and kind of you get that vibe with other people and kind of the atmospheres how people take it. You. you know, it's that, that. I think I think that could get you hooked because really, once you get into it, they, like I said, you get very you get attached pretty quickly, and, and, and it's fun, it's exciting. And plus, they on Saturday mornings. They're literally ninety minute matches. That's the great thing about European sports. When they say they're going to start at ten o'clock, they start at ten o'clock. And it's a 45 minute straight rolling clock at halftime, another 45 minutes straight rolling clock. You can pop it out 90 minutes on Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning. That's not bad. That's no? more sports
0: to watch. Yeah, exactly. That's actually what my wife and I did with uh college football. Cause for years I've been like, all right, like more football, I'll take as much football as I can get. And then we were just like, all right, this year we're just going to pick a team, pick a college and go for it. And we ended up picking uh Kentucky and I'm glad we did there. Yeah. A hell of a Pretty team. well. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, if that, if that really worked, then, you know, why can't it work for other sports? Exactly. Um, Chris, do you have, do you have anything uh, else on your mind that you, that you got?
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, there was one more question um, about um, a specific Sabres player that I was curious about. Um, I'm a big fan of him, the, t- the tall star, Tate Thompson. You know, obviously, he comes into the season having signed a huge contract. Um, you know, with after an incredible season last year, uh, do, do the analytics kind of point out that you know Thompson's production last year is something that is sustainable? Um, is it something that you know we should expect a bit of a drop off? What, what, what were you seeing there?
1: uh yeah i you know it, <laughs> i'm laughing. it's hard it, it's yeah I, I think that some of it's sustainable based on the type of shooter that he is uh and we even saw it in the preseason right just he just he changed up the way he shoots you know early in his mm-hmm. career he always waited that extra second to tried to pull off that extra move and he kind of i think realized it doesn't work at this level uh so mm-hmm. to his credit he changed his craft worked on his shot worked on his release um, and when you're that high prof- profile of a shooter, um, yeah, I mean, there's no reason he could be a 30-goal scorer consistent in this league. Uh, I think he understands where to go. I think he has more of a playmaking mindset, and I think he's playing with confidence, too, where a lot of the things in this league is playing with confidence. So, if he has all of that, then yeah, I mean, I'm pretty confident he can repeat. Um knows he's going to score close to 40 goals again. I don't know, but I think there's no reason he can't get be around a thirty goal scorer as long as he gets those minutes, that power play time, and there's no sign that's gonna go away anytime soon.
2: Great. Okay. Glad to hear it.
0: Um and the, you know, the last question I'll uh I'll have for you, Chad, so you can get a, get on to the, the next thing. Um Kevin Adams and Don Granado. Mm-hmm. I've kind of made this connection between them and then sean mcdermott and brandon bean do you kind of see that's what the sabers are trying to go for with you know don granado and kevin adams now at this point because they want that you know that obvious connection that between Bean and mcdermott that's you know made the bill so successful
1: yeah i mean i, I think any of the team seem host for that i mean they're not as connected as you know, beating McDermott were and, you know, had the time, like beating McDermott, you know, were together in Carolina. Yeah. Um, you know, the, Adams and Granado don't really have that. But yeah, I think both of them understand the direction. They're on the same page. Um, and that's always good between your coach and general manager. Um, you know, Granano's a heck of a development coach, and that's where the Sabres are right now. And Adams understands the timeline the Sabres are on. He understands the process. He has a plan. He is sticking to that plan. He's not deviating from it. And that's, Uh, to his credit. So yeah, I think the Sabres are in a good spot right now with the coach and general manager. Um, We'll see what happens when it shifts from being a developmental team to it's time to win. Um, That'll be the next thing we judge here because we know they both can, they both can, you know, make draft picks, develop players. Now it's going to be, okay, now what happens when the winning expectations are there? Can you coach a team to win, not just develop? So maybe that's the thing we're going to find out pretty quickly here.
0: Yeah, and and, and like being, I have noticed Kevin Adams doesn't make those splashy free agent moves, right? And it, you know, he does the stuff that makes sense, and I, I respect that because obviously it's worked with the Bills. So
1: at least until you're a Super Bowl team, and then you go sign your Von Miller. Exactly. Wonder the savers Von, Von Miller is going
0: to be one. in five years.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it'll be it'll be Ovechkin in five years, right?
1: <laughs> I don't know what about like that. I'll be like forty at that point.
0: Hey, maybe yeah. maybe maybe Alex
2: DeBrinket or something. Who knows? I don't know how long as yeah. long as his contracts is.
1: Hey, I mean, you know, guys pop about an nowhere all the time, so it really could be anybody in the way that hockey works. Yeah, exactly.
0: But, all right, sir. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, you know, if you enjoyed coming on, if you want to come on again, I'll reach out. and We can set something up again.
1: Yeah, let me know, guys. That's was fun. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you, sir. All
1: right, have a good night, guys.
0: You they too. Should. Good night.